Hi guys, welcome to episode two of Unlearn to Learn. And um, if this is your first time, my name is Mark Reyes, and I'd like to welcome you. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you'd be updated on future um, uploads. And yeah, so um, earlier this week, I attended a, a small group of amazing, wonderful people. You know, of all the groups that I have attended in my entire life, um, this is so far the most truthful, the most fun, and the, probably the most caring people I have ever met. So basically, on that day where we met, the topic we talked about was the presence of God and, and that His people should be carriers of His presence. You know, one of the questions um, made me think, there was this, they had three questions, but one of the questions really made me think. The question was, how do you carry the presence with you or the presence of God with you on days when you don't feel it? I mean, like, we do have some of those days, right? We do have some days like that where we don't really feel God. I, I do. I have, I have those days where I don't really feel God. And, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, um, in the beginning or at first, I thought it was scary, but then it happened. It happened a lot of times, and it still is happening. So, I don't know. I'm afraid that I might be desensitized or what. I don't know. But truthfully, it doesn't bother me as much as it wa it bothered me before. So yeah, you know, my mind raced all the way back when the question was raised. My mind raced all the way, like seriously thinking about it. It was like I was thinking about Bible school. I was thinking about Sunday school as a kid going to, to, uh, to church. I, I was thinking of my very Christian days. And um, I didn't want to give an answer that was just based on my experience, you know, because I... Sub experiences can be very subjective and, 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 and not every not every experience is uh, biblical, right? So, okay. I was listening. Everyone was telling everyone what their, experience, what their experiences were in handling and encountering the presence of God. Um, my mind was kind of like going somewhere. I wanted I wanted to go on a super book ride, you know, unfortunately without Gizmo. I wanted to really understand that question. Are we really carriers of the presence of God? So I remembered Acts chapter 1 and it did say in that in that chapter that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. But the way I understand that scripture is that is that the Holy Spirit empowers his people to continue to work that Jesus started. So, okay. I went to the next next uh, scripture and, and, and in that scripture it says that we should glorify God with our bodies because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is in Corinthians. And this is Paul talking to the, um, the Corinthians. So basically these are the two, the only two scriptures I could find in the New Testament that was close enough 
to the idea of us being carriers of God's presence. And then I remembered another two scriptures from the Old Testament um, where the presence of God dwelt on basically on something. Yeah, the, the first one was a burning bush in a Moses' time and the Ark of the Covenant. Well, yeah, the Ark of the Covenant was also, uh, it also started in the time of Moses and went all the way to David, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, let's see. The burning bush didn't have any history. It was just burning when Moses discovered it or when Moses found it. Let's see. Let's read in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. All right, verse 1, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2 says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Verse 3, So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Okay, so, hmm, come on, he is in the desert. You know, things like burning bushes or plants or whatever probably isn't new. He, he saw a bush burning. He probably just ignored it, right? And a couple of minutes passed and... He probably saw the bush still burning. And his mind might have said, yeah, right. If that happened to me, I would probably have done the same thing. I'm like, okay, see a burning bush? Okay, yeah, right. It's This is very common in the desert, burning bushes. But after a couple of minutes, the bush was still burning. It's like, hey, hold on. It's not burning up. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, maybe a, a hard bush. And probably after an hour, he still saw the bush burning. And he's like, what the heck? This bush is still burning. So he was possibly very curious at this point about how the bush wasn't burning up for so long. So, um, so he probably, he okay, so yeah, he checked it out. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, then that's when he called Moses by his name. So we see there... Um, burning bush it was actually the angel of the Lord the angel was in flames and appeared from within the bush alright so yeah hmm it's okay so how about the Ark of the Covenant the, uh, the, the presence of God the way people described it in the old times or in the time of Moses was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain there were uh, lightning and thunder on thick, dense clouds. You know, Moses was the only one who could actually go near the presence of God on the mountain. And he spent a lot of time in God's presence. And you know what happened? You know, him spending so much time in the presence of God made his face radiant. He was like literally glowing. And he didn't know. That was like, that's like the funny part. His face was shining. He went down the mountain and the people were like, Whoa, Moses, you are shining. You know, and he didn't know. The people he was leaving behind on the foot of the mountain were the only ones who saw the radiance of his face. 
And in Exodus 25, God instructs Moses to make the ark so God can dwell with his people because that's how, I would say, that's how um, glorious the presence of God is. That's how, in fact, I read also in Exodus that like when he, when he was about to come down from the mountain, I mean, like when God was about to come down from the mountain or his presence was about to come down from the mountain, there was like a, a, a loud sound, like a trumpet, you know? And, 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 and I, I remember reading as a child um, that the people were actually really terrified because it was just so great that, you know, they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the presence of God. So God instructs Moses to make the ark so that so God can dwell with his people. But you know what? Um, oh wait, hold on. I read I read in sept um, an, an article that says in September of 2012, Daniel Hyde says, "Here is such a mind-blowing idea about the God of the Bible that we have to pause for a moment. The eternal God who is not constrained by the existence of time, the infinite God who is not bound by the constraints of space." the transcendent God who dwells above and beyond all time and space and the immense God who fills all time and space condescended to the weakness of his people and became manifest for their benefit in one locale. This God is not bound by time, but he bound himself to the time-bound experience of his people. This God is not bound by space, but he bound himself in this box, this tiny box or well, it isn't really tiny, but I mean, like, maybe in the eyes of God, it's a tiny box. He is above all creational constraints, but he bound himself to them. He is everywhere, but he was also there. Hmm. You know, the Ark of the Covenant, um, it was a symbol of God's presence. In time, the people depended on it as if it were the real presence of God. Sounds familiar? I think it still happens now. You know how, how other people would idolize a lot of other people for being anointed or, or, or you know, performing because they can perform um, heavenly stuff. And so, yeah, you know, the Ark of the Covenant was kind of like that. It eventually vanished along the way. And I believe there is a reason why things like that happen. You know, probably God doesn't, doesn't want us to depend on something so limited for his presence. You know, I think that includes every meat sack in this world, every one of us. While, okay, while it is true that we have been empowered by God through the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses, um, that empowering produces fruit of love, of joy, of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But let us not forget that his present, present, okay. Let us not forget that his presence isn't something that we can just carry around, whether we feel like it or not. Psalm 95 verse 2 says, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Let us come before him. You know, his presence is basically everywhere. His presence is something that we don't need to carry because it is, whether we like it or not, it's just in us. You know, um, 
it's it, it's it, it doesn't depend on on what you did on who you are you know in jeremiah he actually says he will never leave us nor forsake us so um i believe that 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 the spirit dwells dwells in us but i believe as well that we only have to be aware of his presence we don't have to you know like take extra time to uh, to carry his presence because it really is always there he is everywhere we just have to be aware that he is present you know i believe that I believe that people will see the presence of God in us through the radiance or through uh, yeah through the radiance that 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 manifests through us or in us I hope as we continue to spend time in his presence we will be like Moses with radiant faces which is actually what I wanted to say that the presence of God can is actually shown when we spend so much time with him. I guess that's the only thing that matters right now. We spend, really spend a lot of time with him. But the question, another question is, how do we spend time in his presence? Or, yeah, how do we spend, uh, how do we spend that much time in his presence? Well, okay, that's another topic when we decide to learn to learn. Thanks guys, good night.